Hello, and welcome to Mind of a Football Coach Podcast. Uh, today we'll be talking about the concept that newer is not always better, and this is an episode that is piggybacking off an episode I did on May 22nd, 2019, titled What's New is Old, and uh, we're going to be, be going through some different thought processes today, uh, some different ideas uh, about practice, about scheme, uh, weightlifting philosophy, all different types of things, uh, because I think it's I think this is something that gets lost this day and age a little bit, that we all build off of what people have done before us, and we shouldn't think that we have all the answers now, and that, oh, this is some new revelation, uh, this is something that um, you know we've only learned in the last little bit. Uh, I think that we can get, we can get caught thinking about um, you know new 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 this is new this is what we need to do and those types of things so um, this is going to be a, a podcast where we reflect a little bit on the past and what is a uh, you know what's a base note what are things that in football have been true will remain true and will always be true as as we go go forward and it's funny as I was about to start this podcast I had this book on my desk uh, titled defeating triple option offenses with the backbone defense Uh, this thing was written holy cow Uh, as you can hear this is actual paper it's by Phil Jack Dawson Um, it's published in 1974 wow that's that's a long time ago Um, really interesting book uh, there are some things that definitely can be used to defend RPO triple today. It's out of a four-three structure. Um, you know, really, really cool stuff. We used some of this uh, a couple years ago uh, to defend like all offenses we faced. A uh, really interesting book. So I actually may give this to our uh, defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Michael Hughes, who's on Twitter uh, as well. Uh, may uh, may have to give him a little a little shout out that's uh at coach hughes 76 if you want to give him a shout out on twitter about uh about some defensive thoughts really good coach um really glad i hired him going to be a great coach for us here at uh at nitro um as we're talking about twitter uh just a reminder uh, if you want to hit me up with questions you want to be on the podcast uh, a lot of times people that want to be on the podcast um Hit me up on hit me up on Twitter first, and they say, "Hey, uh, listen to your podcast. Love to be on it. That's great, fantastic. The more, the merrier." Um, so my my Twitter handle is at Mind of a FB Coach. So shoot me a shoot me a tweet, a direct message. Um, I have a link uh, to this podcast in my like header on Twitter. That I'm looking at right now. Um, you can listen to different podcasts if you want to, you know, see. Well, see, you don't know, see. You listen to a podcast, right? If you want to listen to former podcasts and see how it goes, uh, that's awesome uh, as well. My pinned tweet is some is a YouTube video I did about um, some four three six one that actually 
got the idea from the book I just talked about, uh, defeating triple option offenses with the backbone defense. Got some ideas about that. We were struggling on defense that year and uh, used them the last three games. Um, them being some ideas from a, a book written in 1974 to uh, to go two two and uh, one in our last three games and have a have a decent record for uh, for Nitro. So um, you know, just, let's get into this. Let's get into some some thoughts on that. Newer is not always not always better. Uh, you know, this off season, I've really started to study people that have been doing this. This being being a head coach, being a coordinator, high school football, uh, doing this for a, a good long time, uh, and what I've found are some some key some key things that are that have been true in the past and will continue to be true into the future. And um, you know, the first thing I've I've come across, and I've really everybody I've talked to is just a humility. Uh, in what they're about, what they're doing, about who they are. Uh, I was on the phone with a with a coach yesterday, who uh, won a state championship in 2015, played in the state championship game in 2019. Well, last last year, uh, actually watched part of his game uh, online, and um, you know, just really humble. Like we were talking about some stuff I had sent him, and he said, "Well, we do it this way, but I may I may do it like like you." you drew it because that looks really interesting and you know that that is something that especially in you know in twitter world right the twitter world of football coaches which you know twitter is is fantastic there's a lot of good resources there uh but a lot of times it becomes a i'm smarter than you i have a better newer idea than you uh, especially like on offense, like I've become much more of a, a student of offense recently uh, since I've started calling offensive plays again. Um, well, I can't shoot. I, this is my last year is my first year calling offensive plays. I should say my first time being back on the offensive side mainly since 2010, and then my first time ever calling plays was uh, was last year. But I've really been studying offenses and looking at. You know, what has worked over the course of time? Uh, what are things that are effective at the high school level? And I think that's important as, as a high school coach that we understand we're looking for things that work at the high school level. We're not looking for things that a pro team does or a, even a college team does. We're looking at what works at the high school level for high school football. And high school football is its own thing you know we we don't get to sign anybody we you know with with the contract or scholarship uh, we just take the guys that are in our hallway and we do the best we can with who who's here right who is here and you know for us in West Virginia who's here for the three-week period in June and then obviously ultimately who's here in August and we're just molding what we have scheme-wise to the personnel that is enrolled at our school and that to me as a coach if that if your scheme doesn't adapt every year somewhat to your personnel offensively defensively special teams then I don't know that you're necessarily doing it the right way 
Now, this comes from a guy that is a head coach. <laughs> you know, my best record's four and six. That's just I'm very open and transparent about that. Uh, you know, but those are – the four and six here at Nitro is the best record in like 12 years. Okay, and when we did it at Riverside, that's been the best record for the last, golly, 10 years or something of that nature. So, you know, what I think what we've done has worked is maximized our talent level, right, to help our guys – perform well uh, but I think that as we, we continue to, to look at what has worked in the past it's coaches saying hey and I, it's cool to have a system trust me you need to have a system of philosophy belief but then that gets molded every year to what do your players do well a coach I was talking to yesterday talking about some under center some under center offense and he was talking about how he loves a certain concept but his quarterback really struggled with that concept, but he was good at another one, so they just lived in the one he was good at. And that, to me, is coaching. Like, coaching is, I'm going to help my guys do what they do well. And we're just going to do that over and over and over again. And I'm not going to get bored, as a coach, calling plays that work. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was talking to, uh, well, I was texting, excuse me, I, I don't really talk on the phone to people. I you know, I think that's a millennial thing. We like to text. But I was texting with Brett Collier, who was on the podcast uh, on J- July 9th, 2019. And we were just talking about some film we were watching um, of a college. And he was saying, man, it's amazing. You know, this, this defense is sitting in cover three, cover one. And the offense is not attacking them with cover three beaters. And we were talking about how as a high school coach, like if I see cover three – like, that's all we're running. Like, we're going after you. We're running all our three beaters at you the whole game when we want to throw the football. And he said, it's amazing people are not. People are just running different concepts. They're not attacking their cover three structure. And um, I said, man, sometimes people get bored and they want to just try new stuff. They want to call everything that's on their sheet. <laughs> right? And we just need to understand, like, as coaches, that – the guys that I've coached against that gave me the biggest problem, either as a defensive coordinator um, or as a head coach who helped with the defense or last year as an offensive coordinator, the guys that gave me the problem, most problems were when they were doing something that was hurting me either defensively or offensively, they just poured it on. <laughs> like They just kept doing that because I couldn't stop it. Um, may it not even be a scheme thing, like a personnel thing. Like they found my fish, right? And they just kept going at the guy. And we still, you know, we try to hide them and do different things of that nature. Um, but they kept just doing simple things that got great results. And, um, you know, Coach Guess at Eagles Landing Christian Academy, who has a great podcast, Demand Excellence podcast, uh, he, he talks about that a lot in his podcast as well. And I think it's just really interesting where – especially when I talk to guys that have been doing this for a long time at the high school level, that they're not trying to reinvent the wheel. Like, if, if this is working, they're going to keep doing it. And don't try to say, hey, I have to run all this stuff that's on my sheet because it's on my sheet. Um, you know, I think back to last year. We've scored in back-to-back weeks. We scored 64 points and 57 points. And we scored most of those points from, like, three plays. <laughs> I mean, it's six if you count it like left and right, but it was the same concept. It was like three plays, and we scored like 64 points and 57 points. We were the leading 
scoring offense in our county, and our call sheet was really small. Um, you know, but you do what your guys can do on a given year, and you do it until somebody stops it. Then you have an answer, but you don't go to that answer until they stop your base stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, I think that's a that's an old school philosophy thing. I, you know, I, I remember Steve Spurrier talking about on TV one time when I was a kid. He called the same play over and over again because if it works, keep calling it. Um, so that's that's some good good wisdom there. Um, secondly, you know, one of the things that I've really learned this off season is that you know we look. I look on Twitter. I see people talking about different offensive stuff, and it's great. Uh, it's fantastic. Twitter's a great place to learn. Trust me. This is not a. None of this is negative about Twitter or, or RPOs or um, you know whatever news things you have on offense. Um, but I look and I see, you know, people talking about, oh, this this is a brand new concept. And then you talk to, I talked to a coach that's been doing this for a while, and they're talking about how they structure their offense. And it's the same concept. You know, they're doing, they're getting the linebackers to play down, throwing over the top because of play action instead of an RPO. Um, so you're getting really the same thing Right, but you're dictating where you want the ball to go. Uh, the, you know, one of the things about RPOs is, to me, you could take away an RPO, and especially at our level, Double A West Virginia high school football, especially if you have better guys in the secondary or they're close to the same ability as your receivers. If you just play man covers, your RPO game is done. Like you, forget it. Like you, <laughs> you're not running any more RPOs. So if your offense is built totally on RPO and the team you're playing takes away that RPO, your offense becomes really too, too simple, and you don't have enough answers to score points. Uh, at the high school level, I think it's far more important to be more complex in the run game and simple in the pass game because you have to have the ability to run the football at all times. So if they're taking away, say they're taking away jet sweep or toss sweep, however you get to the edge, right, or buck sweep or however you get to the edge, and they're taking that away, but you can run a counterplay away from that with some act, some action, right, with some misdirection action, then you should you need to be able to dial that up to move the change, control the football, those types of things. Um, you know, the college level, People have like 30 different RPOs. They've recruited that quarterback. He's like a four-star, five-star. Um, they've, recruited, they've recruited the wide receivers. They've recruited the offensive linemen. Uh, you have meetings. The guys only practice offense. You can have like 500 RPOs and your tags off it. And that's great. That's, that's awesome. It works. You know, Obviously, people win national championships doing that at the college level. But at the high school level, that's not the case. Like We don't get meeting time before practice. We watch film – two days a week before practice during the season. And Monday is a game review day. And then Thursday is we watch cut-ups of, of our practices. Then we preview a little bit of the opponent. Um, so it's not like you get tons of time. And then, you know, in high school, we're, I think we're all, we're all in this boat. Most of us, all of us, but most of us are in this boat where our guys are playing both ways. So it's not like – you know, during the game, we can just dial up like one of our, you know, X number of RPOs or something of that nature during 
the game. Like our guy's playing safety, then he's turned around and playing, you know, wide receiver or the quarterback's playing linebacker, or, you know, something of that nature. So we don't have the ability to be super complex with like second level, third level reads. Um, but what I do think high school ha- high schools have the ability to do is have multiple ways to run the football or ensure easy touches for wide receivers, jet sweep, right, bubble screen, uh, tunnel screen, and then obviously you have your pump and go off those screens, right? You have you know your sucker play where you p- pump the bubble screen or the tunnel screen, you throw it deep. Um, you know, have those things. The way that those are easy ways to control the aggressiveness of the defense. Obviously, you have tailback screens, things of that nature. Then you have play action. Um, and one thing I've really come to to learn from coaches I've talked to this off season is play action is good out of the gun. It is deadly under center uh, because you get the quarterback's back, the ball's hidden. You know, you, especially and I, somebody told me this a long time ago. If you really want to run play action, you got to pull a guard. <laughs> you know what I mean? If you really want people to play down, then you have to do. You have to pull a guard because you know a lot of you know most people think I do. I know I do as defensive coordinator. If they're pulling, it's run. But then if you pull and you throw, right, and you can protect it, then you have some chances to hit some vertical seams in the defense. Um, so that's something that picked I've picked up. Uh, this offseason from some people that are far, far more intelligent than me and have definitely um, have definitely done done more uh, as a head coach uh, than I have. I've been a head coach for going on six years, and you know these are guys I'm talking to have done this for 10, 20 uh, years or so. So as we, we wrap up today, just listeners, and I'm talking to myself here <laughs> mainly, uh, just remember that newer is not – it's not always not always better, and you know, my my final thought on this is thinking about the weight room, and um, you know I, you can look on you know the internet, you can look at you know Twitter, you can look at Instagram, you can look and you can see all these different you know weight programs and ways of doing things, and that's all awesome. Like people are getting a lot of results doing different things, but. I think the most important part of a weight program is have your core lifts. Make sure your core lifts are done every week, whether you're going three days a week, four days a week, five days a week, whatever you're doing. You know, make sure you got your bench. Make sure you got your squat. Make sure you have your cleans. Like we give guys option to do power clean or hang clean. Then we also do deadlift, um, and then we do some sort of like circuit training at the end with our different auxiliary lifts, and that's the structure. Like every day (laughs) that's what we do every day and then as we get into the spring we'll go outside we'll do some agility stuff um but we keep it we keep it simple and we focus on those core lists because those have been proven over the course of time to make guys bigger faster stronger and i think you can get into the realm of doing too much sometimes because we're in the in the world now where we have access to like a ridiculous amount of information right where we can see how like a hundred different high schools or college programs are running their weight program well that's great but every one of those is different and so should ours right ours should look like what do we believe in how do we want to accomplish our goals and is it effective? Because then you need to obviously, you know, I believe you have to max, 
right? And you got to see, like, hey, is this working? Are our guys getting stronger as we go through the offseason? And that's something that has stood the test of time when I talk to guys that have been strength coaches for, uh, for a good long while, that that works, that do what works, and don't, don't get bored doing what works. Um, don't think we have to find something new because we just need to find something new. Do the things that have worked, that have been proven over the course of time, and your results will speak for themselves. And, you know, guys, I, I was looking at my the stats of, like, who listens to the podcast. It's really cool, like, people listen to this podcast from all over the place. And our records this next year will be all over the place. There will be guys who are way better coaches than me who have worse records than potentially we'll have here at Nitro. Right? Or they'll, I'll have, we'll have a, you know, there'll be guys that, you know, have, have really good talent and they win 10 games and they're great coaches and that's great. Fantastic. Awesome. They're 13 and 0. You know, my good friends, Jonathan Guest and Brett Collier at Eagles Landing Christian in Georgia, they won five state championships. Those guys are great coaches. And then there's guys listening to the podcast. They're like, Coach, man, I've been like one and nine this past like two years. And I feel like I'm doing everything I can. Great, man. You're doing everything you can. Um, but just as we go through this offseason, that we would not focus on what's my record going to be, but focus on how do we make each day the best it can be for our kids? And are we ensuring that our process is the best possible process for our program? Because every program is different. And we all have our different challenges, and we all have different things that come easier at our programs but that we would just pour into our kids and that we would continue to look for wisdom, how to make our program be the best it can be. So thank you for listening, and I will put this up here shortly.